Hello and welcome to Rather Good Chat. This is episode four and it is about space. And I am Joel Veach and... I am David Shute. Hooray! Hello, Dave. Hi, Joel. How are you doing today? I'm wonderful, thank you. Revolving rapidly. How are you? I am static. Static. Completely static. Utterly static, even down to the molecular level. Right. I'm revolving, because we're discussing space today, I've taken my inspiration from the neutron star, and I'm revolving, <laughs> frankly, implausibly rapidly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're also firing out a, an interstellar beam of, of destructive energy, aren't you, from the top of your head? I'm firing out two. Yeah, um, right, yes. One's yeah. positively charged, one's negatively charged. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, one's I'm from having the top of your to... head and, and the other, the presumably, other... from elsewhere. From elsewhere, yes. Mm. I won't discuss exactly <laughs> where it's going. I'm having to be quite careful about my axis of rotation so I don't accidentally, you know, punch a hole through the earth. Right. How are you managing that? I'm using um I'm using a fan to keep me in the air. Oh, okay, right. I'm being levitated. You could lash yourself to a ceiling a ceiling fan would be quite good, wouldn't it? Lash my, the problem with lashing myself to anything is the rotation, Dave. It mm, really is extremely rapid. I <laughs> functioned briefly like a yo-yo and then smashed through the ceiling as I wrapped myself in the lashings. Right, right. Yeah. That is a problem, isn't it? I mean, whichever, I, I, I'm just thinking about the, the, the direction of the particle beams that you're firing off. Yes. There's really no way of doing that that's not going to cause some level of Catastrophic destruction, is there? Well, I'm currently oriented completely parallel with the horizon, right? So mm. my um, beams are going straight straight along the ground here, but they're and then disappearing gradually higher and higher and off into space. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I divert slightly on my axis, obviously, instead of a very finely focused beam, it becomes a cone of... of um, complete annihilation mm. but you know i try and get back on my axis of rotation as quickly as possible <laughs> as quickly as possible what's your preferred axis of rotation uh my preferred axis of rotation um yeah. do you mean in terms of pitch roll or yaw yeah if you when you rotate mm. what what are you rotating around uh my uh left big toe Oh wow, God, that's pretty hardcore. It's so your whole body is kind of whooshing round and round and round around. Wow, yeah, I thought you were going to yeah. say like you know, like a a line across your your sternum or or you know. No, 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 it's um, yeah. Well, the, I mean, the axis is uh, sideways, right? Um, but you're you, rotating around the tip of your big toe. Yes, yeah. The centrifugal forces must be quite intense. I mean, obviously, oh, I have an absolute splitting headache. Really? Mm. You, how how fast are you revolving right now? Uh, it's about three million RPMs. Uh, wow. I mean, I'm going very fast, but even I'm not going quite that fast. No, I've I've utterly contradicted myself. I started off by saying I was completely motionless, and now I'm, I'm claiming to be rotating implausibly fast. I haven't really well, thought I this think, through, have I? Well. I mean, I, that's just Einstein's relativity, right? I suppose it is, yeah. From from my own specific frame of reference, I am motionless. 
so okay, so this is this is the spinning bucket problem, right? Um, right. When talking about whether, um, you know, whether there is a frame of reference in an empty universe, mm. like would a spinning bucket in an empty universe be spinning if it's not spinning relative to anything else? That's right, the question, yes. right? And the answer is, if you've got water in it, if that water is experiencing centrifugal forces, then um, it is spinning, regardless of whether there's anything else in it. Yeah. So mm. what I would say is, if you're not experiencing, if you're not being torn apart by the centrifugal forces, then what's really happening is the entire universe is spinning around you. Whereas if you've been spaghettified, mm. then probably you are actually spinning. How long are you I... right now? Um, well, it's hard, it's hard to tell, because every time I pick up a, a tape measure or ruler to, to yeah. uh, check, obviously it's immediately uh, subject to the same force as I am. And so Is it hurled into, into it would, the infinite void? It would void? spaghettify... Well, it would spaghettify at the same rate I am, wouldn't it? Mm. So, r- relevant to my own frame of reference, it would it would always just show my ordinary height which i think is about 510 yeah i mean you're unique physically aren't you in that most things when spaghettified would become very long and thin but you mm. literally literally turn into spaghetti yeah with a little bit of bolognese yeah oh where's the bolognese just um well it, it starts out inside me and is forcibly right. ejected nice nice through all my face holes is it is it formed from a part of you? Yeah, I think it's all just the kind of mushy stuff that used to be inside me. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm. What's your What's your favourite internal part of you? Favourite internal part of me? Yeah, that's a very that's a very difficult question, isn't it? My favourite mm. internal part. I yeah. do like. Mm, I do like my chest cavity. That's nice. The actual cavity, not any of the yeah. things in it. Well, there oh, are things in it. That's the point. Oh There's right. Left. Okay. Hang on. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna rephrase the question. In in normal in normal times at rest, when you're mm-hmm. not being subjected to frankly mind bending and utterly implausible forces. Yeah. Um what's your favourite internal part of you? I'd have to say spleen. Spleen. What is it about yeah. the spleen that makes it your favourite bit? It's so mysterious. Because I have right. literally no idea what a spleen does. Right, okay. I find, is it I find up to no mystery. good in there? I assume so. Yeah, it doesn't do anything that I, I can like identify on. Right. Or, what does know, the spleen recognize. do? I have no if idea. If any of our listeners know, something maybe they can tell us. nefarious. Yeah, it's got, it's got a good name, hasn't it? Spleen. Spleen, it's a good one to spleen. say. Spleen. Yeah. yeah. A good word, it's a good sound. Sounds like it's definitely up to no good. Yeah. What's the best named organ then mm. spleen i quite i quite like pancreas that's a good word pancreas is a good a good word isn't it yeah, yeah. do you know what my favorite bit of my internal structure is uh, i do not i'm begging to find out that i ought to say the blood circulation system around my uh my kind of central chest but my heart just isn't in it. <laughs> hey! Oh, very good. Very, very Quite good. I pleased myself there. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I quite like the diaphragm. I like the way it works. Right, 
Right. You, you know what I mean, powder. right? Well, yes, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm vaguely aware of, of what a diaphragm is. Uh, yeah. But yeah, how, how does it work, Joel? What's so, what's so impressive about that? Well, I just think it's kind of fun, right? Have you done this thing at school where you get a bot- like a big glass bottle with no bottom and an, uh, an elastic kind of drum across the bottom with a little handle on it? And then you put a balloon kind of inside the neck of the bottle. And then you can demonstrate how the diaphragm inflates your lungs because you pull down on the rubber thing on the bottom of the of the bottomless bottle, which obviously increases the internal volume of the bottle. And then mm. atmospheric pressure pushes air in inflating the balloon. And that's how your lungs inflate, which is kind of well, cool, isn't it? I've never done that. That sounds great. Have you never done that? Have you never no, really no. thought about how your lungs inflate then? Well, not really. I assumed... It was something similar to that, yeah. But Atmos- atmospheric about pressure. Process. Yeah, yeah, it's atmospheric pressure. Yeah, kind of pushes the air in when you when your diaphragm kind of increases the volume in your chest. Yeah, Isn't that good. You it know about good. how birds and previously dinosaurs probably had that circular lung system, right? Right. No, is Not that really. news? No, no, I don't no. know. I don't know anything about lungs. Yeah, so your lungs, Dave, you personally, mm. are a bit are a bit crap because. <laughs> well, yes, they are. Yeah, you you suck the air in and then you blow it out again and then you suck it in and it all goes through the same hole, like the balloon in the bottle. Mm. But your lungs are never completely empty, so you've got this kind of stale, bored, fusty old air stuck in the the bits of your lungs, um, which is quite inefficient. Whereas birds, mm. descended as they are from dinosaurs, or they are dinosaurs, depending on who you ask, um, their air goes in, and then as it goes out, it goes kind of circular through a circular system. So they completely refresh the air in their lungs instead right. of all going out the same pipe. So they're loads more efficient. Would they need to be to power their wing muscles, I assume? Yeah, I mean, I, you say they need to be, but I mean, I need to be more efficient than I am. But how I, how I'm difficult would it be to to modify our own lungs to do the same thing? Well, I think we should we should test it. Are you up for you up for me just shoving a tube in and seeing how that works? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Go ahead. Here's my plan, right? It's a tube and a valve. I think. Mm, yeah. You know, put a one way valve on a tube, bung bung like a Y piece on your lung pipe, mm. and then plumb that back up into your throat and then and you probably need a valve going the other way so you've got to an in valve and an out valve just basic yeah. plumbing dave i mean if you can yeah. plumb you know if you can plumb a sink i'm sure we can plumb your lungs right i don't see any reason why not have you got any spare pipes or like from your insides or do you think we need to go down the plumbing shop Oh, I've got a little bit of rubber hose lying around the house. Um, yeah, inside bits. Which, but there must be a few I'm not using, right? You could maybe use a bit of your intestine. Do you I've think? got loads of intestines, right? It's really loads. long, isn't it, your intestine? It's very maybe long. Maybe we'll try that. Unnecessarily long. Mm. Okay, well, I'll tell you what. If you don't mind, then I'll, I'll, I'll yank a, I'll hoik a bit of that out. Yeah. I only probably need a foot of it. I don't think there's any feet in there. Okay, sorry, I'll use metric measurements with less confusing names. Right, and I right. probably need about 30 centimetres of your intestine. So if I okay, kind of well, snip that's... that bit out, glue it back together or staple it yeah. back together is probably better. And then um, 
Oh, it's not going to be watertight, is it? Bit of bit mm. of um, bit of duct tape will probably hold it together better, right? Yeah. If it can't be fixed with duct tape, it can't be fixed. That's what they say, isn't it? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could just mastic it up to keep it nice and secure, right? Do they do they make duct tape from ducts? Do they what do they do? Do they just kind of put them through a, a very heavy roller and kind of squish them into a fine? You know full well it's duct tape. <laughs> Apart from that one specific brand, which calls itself duct tape. It does call itself duct tape. It's right. Yeah. So it's tape that has been ducked. So you, make, you make the tape first and then you duck it. Yes, yeah, the um the factory where they make it, everything happens at roughly head height. It's hugely inconvenient. Right. I see. Yeah, that makes sense. Anyway, yeah, so still gonna need a valve or you're just gonna have the same problem, but it's gonna be going through same two pipes. Mm, yeah. You've got you've yeah. got some valves in your heart. Are you using those? I've got a couple, don't I? I probably don't need them both. Yeah. Can I can I I think I need two valves though. I need one on uh, each pipe, really. Well, I mean, we could just replace my heart with like a pig's heart from the butchers. And That's then you could use the valves in my in my obsolete heart. I was just gonna say as an alternative, if you didn't want to do that, um we could put you know um you know like a stop cot on a water pipe, like a little twisty oh, yeah. tap. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. twist it one way and it goes on, twist the other way and goes off. We could I, just I, start, I, shove one I, of those on each pipe. You could have the two handles sticking out your chest. You could just alternate mm. them on and off each time you breathe. Mm. I have some awful memories of replacing all the um, the seacocks in, in the boat when I lived in the boat because uh, they were old and rusty and needed replacing. A seacock is like a, a, it's just a stop it's cock just a on a water pipe but for the, t- for the sea. Yeah, basically. Well, it's like the whole um, anything, anything on the boat that needs to drain into the water. Um, it's oh. obviously a... A big valve on it, um, mm. and they're they're called sea cocks. They're just stock cocks, basically. Uh, but they but go to have, the sea. Well, they're like you were saying uh, the other day about how you know premium products are just a normal thing with a different name. They're just yes. they're just stock cocks, but because you have to buy them from boat shops, they cost four times as much. Oh wow! Okay, there it goes. So you're gonna you must have had a few, right? Because you're gonna. Just loads, thinking about how you yeah. think about your hobbies and interests, you're gonna need you're gonna need one just for the for the ink, right? From all the squids and octopuses you you wrestle mm. down in the in the bottom of your boat. Once I've squeezed all the ink out of them. Yeah. I mean that generates a lot of ink. They're basically you're very you're very inky when um when you've been wrestling. Speaking of internal organs, um and, and squids. Uh, yeah. I didn't mention this the other day, but uh, there's an interesting thing about squids is that their brains are donut shaped because they're they're like um, digestive and system donut flavored as well goes right through the center of them and they're like um, oh, so the brain yeah. to to remain kind of central and rotationally symmetrical uh, it's donut shaped with all the kind of um, the digestive tract going right through the middle of it. That's great, isn't it? I also love. I hadn't thought about how much easier it would be to rotate an octopus because of its rotational <laughs> symmetry. Like, they're, they're born to be rotated, aren't they? They really are, yeah. Spun. Even their brains are designed for rotation. Spin up the squid, people would say. It's impossible to make them dizzy. Did you know that? That's how um, propellers on aircraft work. It's just an octopus. Right. And, and helicopters is a big octopus. And you you'd spin it really fast and its legs... 
kind of go waka 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 around and that, um that makes lots of sense actually yeah 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 huh. that's yeah that's why in much the same way as you know after world war 1 when people used started bringing tractors into agriculture mm. the millions of horses that used to basically fill the entire countryside all just got eaten that's what happened when jet engines took over the um the aircraft right yeah up until about the millions the of 1950s yeah yeah it, any airfield would have been you know waist deep in octopods yeah until about 1955 1956 and then as jet airliners came in they they all just got eaten i suppose that's why you get so many sushi bars at airports it is that's that's why they're the mm. uh, surplus propeller squids they're still still trying to shift them there were so many yeah i mean it is partly that and partly just you know all those years of people depending on octopuses for their lives they they just become part of the culture part of the flying culture right 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 they um that's how parachutes were invented people just jumping out and hanging onto their octopus and realized it inflated when they were hanging onto its legs Oh, I see. Yeah, that works, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how central octopuses have been to the advent of human heavier-than-air flight. Well, hot air balloons as well are, are made from enormous octopuses, aren't and, they? And lighter-than-air flight, to finish mm. my sentence. Yeah. Right, right. Of course. Yeah. yeah. It's a big octopus. I mean, they don't start out that big, obviously. You put the hot air in them, they get bigger as they inflate with the hot air. Mm. They're bigger and angrier, I assume. Yeah, I mean, that's why you don't see that many hot air balloons because, you know, you end up cooking the octopus. I mean, you do have a tasty feed at the end of the day, but hot air balloons are one use affairs. Um, and then you have a big banquet, an octa, octa feast. I tried to go in a hot air balloon once. We were, we were gifted um, a hot air balloon ride. Yeah. Uh, but every time it came to do it... Uh, we were, got a call in the morning from the balloon place saying the, the weather wasn't quite right, so we'd have to reschedule. Mm. And they rescheduled like four or five times before, like apparently in the in the contract, it was if we have to reschedule six times, then tough. <laughs> That's it. You don't get your balloon flight. I bet so, nobody ever gets a balloon flight with those I people. I don't think that they sounds do. Like I think the con. whole thing is a huge con. I don't think they That's even That's a scam. Definitely mm. a scam. So we never went up in the balloon in the end. And then I think then COVID. Yeah, I, I, that's deeply suspect. Deeply, is, deeply suspect. Well, we had to postpone a few times and then I think I think COVID hit, so the whole thing was off anyway. Uh, so yeah, we didn't get to do our balloons in the end. But you'd want to go up in a in a hot air balloon, would you? I'd give it a go. Yeah. yeah. Like I really I, like flying, right? I'm an enthusiast of aeroplanes. Mm. Um, um, and I'm not sure about hot air ballooning. I don't I think the, really the, like the, the lack the man- of control. Well, yeah, the maddest thing about them is you cannot steer them. <laughs> They're mm. a pretty useless method of transportation. Uh, they don't have any real, um, unless you put propellers on them and turn them into dirigibles, they don't yeah. really have any any form of navigation or any use any use case that's not just a fun thing to do in an afternoon, allegedly. In World War I, they were, they were balloon spotters who went up in tethered balloons to uh, spot for the artillery. Um, yeah, that's Which true. Which would have that's been a true. terrifying they job. They weren't used as transportation devices. Yeah, I know, right? But what a horrible job. I mean, mm. when you say they weren't used as transportation devices, they did transport people Please. into the air and then 
very rapidly drop them to the ground in a screaming (laughs) (laughs) flailing mess yeah but that's about all the transporting they did yeah that's like octopuses in the sea isn't it you know they can't they have no control over themselves they just drift like well jellyfish jellyfish genuinely right They, they don't have any navigational capabilities they just drift they can go up and down though can't they in fact they can swim along you see them swimming along I wonder if they, they so, well, they kind of bloop, have a plan. They bloop along, don't they? But I don't think they bloop. Like, is that have a technical the, term? I think it totally is. Yeah, yeah. They can but sense light. They come they, up. There are jellyfish ooh. that come up at, in the daytime or at nighttime. I forget which, and go down in the nighttime or daytime, whichever the opposite of the previous one was. In the yeah. in the marina I used to live, um, once a year, like a particular time of year, suddenly one day the marina would be utterly filled with jellyfish. Oh really? Or, or blooping about? Who's putting like, them there? Um, I think, if I understand correctly, yeah. uh, it is. Um, well, it was the queen? <laughs> right. Mm. She just come and does she? Does she just vomit them into the water? Do they come well, out of somewhere else? We, we weren't allowed to see the process. She'd come down to the marina, uh, wade yeah. into the wade into the water, and then they'd erect a sort of um, big rectangular tent around her. Quite a fancy and tent. Just, Hear this kind and then of you'd hear awful, this kind of awful straining, straining noise and splashing and sound. Yes, yeah. <laughs> That's how you become the queen, right? That's how you become the monarch. Is um, you demonstrate that you're able to project <laughs> the jellyfish, right? Yeah, it's what happens after the, the after divine the jellyfish projection. Yeah, Charles had to do this. Um, you remember the huge yeah. um, coronation ceremony? I and do you remember the bit, the bit where he went behind a special tent and they. They and there was the straining and, sc- and splashing yeah. noises. Yeah. Yeah. But, they, I mean, <laughs> noises and like yeah, this they, kind they of edited, sound of a fire hose. They edited out some of the noise for the uh, the broadcast, but that's what was right. happening in that tent. Yeah. yeah. Wow. They fill the crypt of the cathedral with jellyfish. Yes. That's where they throw any um, anyone they suspect of treason, right? Yeah, yeah. They just, just chuck them down the stairs the jellyfish. into the enormous tank of jellyfish. Oh, God. The jellyfish tank. Are they particularly vicious jellyfish or are they just kind of... Would it be worse, right, to mm. be thrown into the jellyfish tank if it was full of box jellyfish, which are incredibly painful but would soon kill you? Mm. Or just like jellyfish that are just a like beasting level where... The individual stings are less bad, but it would take a long time to succumb. Right. Yeah. If you were being stung by hundreds and hundreds of jellyfish, with a, each with the power of a bee sting, mm. I think probably I mean, That's it, worse, it would be right? slower, but I think that would be much worse, wouldn't it? Yeah. I still don't think you'd survive that. You'd, you'd... What? Yeah. What jellyfish? I mean, what kind of jellyfish did she put in your marina? Um, it was the, you know, the, um, the enormous ones with the, uh, with the teeth. Ha! I wasn't, I wasn't familiar with those. No. Yeah. Yeah. They're like about 30 foot long and they've got lots of teeth that one Are you in. thinking, right. Okay. Are you sure you're thinking of jellyfish? I'm pretty sure I'm thinking of jellyfish. Right. Okay. I'm not, yeah, I'm not you know, familiar with, the, with those ones. With the big flippers on the back. <laughs> right. <laughs> Are you sure you're not thinking of shark, like a like a great white shark? Um, wait, which one? 
Which little beady eyes, right? Yeah, I think you're thinking of of the of the big the hun- shark. Hundreds of teeth. Yeah, you're thinking of the big shark. Right. Um, yeah. No, the jellyfish are, are the um, the one. I mean, the clues in the name, right? Imagine a party jelly. Yeah. Right. Can you well, picture I mean, a party jelly? Imagine party, it. Yes. In, yeah. In in like a fish mold. So like a, <laughs> in a fish a mold. Red, a, yeah. Oh, I see. Mold. No. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, imagine someone's made a raspberry jelly in the shape of a fish, and and then chucked it in the in the water. That's a jellyfish. Uh, yeah, they're not called jellyfish anymore, are they? It's like um, it's like starfish. You're encouraged to call them sea stars now, and or just jellies yes. for jellyfish. Just jellies. Was, I've had them just called jellies. Really? I mean, sea sea jelly would be better, wouldn't it? I think that's just a bit sea pedantic, jellies. right? I don't care. Yeah. We all know. We all know. There's a difference between a starfish and a and a turbot, right? We can see that difference. We don't need to worry too much about. The yeah, name. the starfish is the really cool one that that like everybody loves, and it's destined for greatness and celebrity. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, turbot. The, the clues in the name, right? They they're just dull. Nobody. The supporting no, actor fish is is far less. Um, yeah, no one's going to celebrate a, a turbot. No. Well, they're very fast, aren't they? Isn't that where turbocharged cars come from? Turbocharged. Yes, it is. That's exactly is it that they, right. Is it the actual turbots that are fast, or do they just juice them and add them to the petrol? Do you know, I don't know. I expect you could like squeeze out their fish oil. That would, that would work quite well, wouldn't it? They're precious oils. It's surprising how many creatures are filled with a precious oil. Most of them, I think. Squeeze. Yeah. Mm. So you, you squeeze the turbots, you get the precious oil, you add it to the petrol, and that's how you get a turbot-charged engine. Yes. Good. That's right. Um, well, I think we're doing a good job of, of clarifying how space works. <laughs> we really are, yeah. We've, we've yeah. gone quite, quite in depth. What's your favourite thing about space? Or no, uh, wrong. My, What's your favourite okay. thing in space? My favourite thing in space? Ooh. Yeah. Okay, my favourite thing in space is um, the Great Attractor. Oh, that's a good answer. Yeah. So on the other side of our galaxy, or outside our galaxy, a long way away, but it's it's basically we can't see it because it's on a line directly through our galaxy, so so it's all blocked by the millions of stars yeah. and supermassive black hole and everything. Yeah. But there is some kind of object or series of objects or something that is so massive, it is pulling 400 galaxies towards it. And we nice. don't know what it is. We've no idea. But it has enough nice. mass in there to, to drag 400 galaxies into and it. And galaxies are quite big, aren't they? They are famously fairly large, yes. Yeah. yeah. Each galaxy has talking... over 100 suns in it. Wow. <laughs> is, it, is, is it much more than 100? Oh, yeah, loads, loads more. Yeah. Yeah. It's like 112 or something. <laughs> at least. <laughs> at least. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about, you know, we're not talking about the, the chocolate bars, right? We're talking about the cosmic object galaxy. Yes. Which is made of chocolate bars. Partially, at least. I saw some photos of spiral galaxies that the James Webb telescope has just released oh, uh, yeah. this morning. Yeah, they're very pretty. It's a good telescope, the James Webb telescope. I remember hearing that James Webb himself turns out to have been 
morally problematic, but I've got no idea how or why. Oh, Do you know does what's he? wrong with James Webb? No, I don't know. I have no idea. There are some people saying he shouldn't have named a telescope after him. Oh, um, I thought he was revered. I thought he was much loved. I mean, the same's true of Christopher Columbus, right? But um Well, Christopher Columbus was a people actually a complain terrible about man, him as right? well. Well, there you he, go. He was he was an absolutely awful man. Mm. But he you know, similar. I mean, I don't know how many civilizations were obliterated or populations genocided as a result of James Webb and his telescope. Mm. But um I've no idea what he did. Well, the telescope fires a, an incredibly destructive particle beam into deep space, doesn't it? it so presumably, to me, it's obliterated thousands of, of civilizations by now. It, it occurs to me that James Webb would be an excellent name for your pet spider, your pet tarantula. James Webb. It would be, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was going to call him Legs McTavish. <laughs> Legs McTavish is, is also good, yeah. So uh, do what, you know what you could call him? You could call him Spy Dave. Spy Dave would be good. Yeah. Yeah, if I was if I was a um a spider themed superhero, yeah. I'd definitely be Spy Dave. Or oh, that'd be quite a poor attempt at hiding my identity, wouldn't it? Oh, have we said too much? Maybe. Yeah. Yes. If you were your... a um a rodent themed superhero, you could call yourself Vol Jage. Oh, I could. Could. That's really good. Is that a good I mean, I get what your super skills could be if you're a spider. Like, Spider-Man famously has eight legs and venomous fangs. Hmm. But um, it's, it's always I'm not sure that... what the vole, what the vole skill set is. Um, squeaking. Uh, burrowing. Yep. Burrowing, yes. True. Being, being very small. Being attacked by cats. Yes, cats and hawks and things. You'd be very yeah. appealing to. What's your second favourite thing in space? My second favourite thing in space mm. uh, is probably the uh, supermassive black hole at the centre of our galaxy. Right. Uh, that's just a very exciting concept, isn't it? It's called Chandra, isn't it? Is it? Chandra? Is that right? Chandler Sun- Bing. Su- Chandra. Chandler. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Perry did not die. He ascended to the centre of the galaxy. He collapsed in on himself. That must have been it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He just got too big, got too heavy. Well, that's what's, that's what's exciting about, about just the supermassive black hole. One, it's a brilliant collection of words. Well, it's super. It's, it's, su- it's super massive yeah. black hole. It's very, it, very it, dramatic. It's a massive black hole, and yes, it is super. It's, it's super simply, duper. It's simply super. It is, yes. Yeah. It's super what? and, yes, also duper. What is your favourite... Uh, a celestial object. My favourite celestial object. That's mm. that. You see, that is what marks you out as much cleverer than me, isn't it? Is that I would say thing in space, and you thing would say space. celestial object. <laughs> the thing in space um, sounds like um sounds like a, a science fiction short story. It does, doesn't it? Or a yeah. Lovecraft story, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it does a bit. Yeah. Um, what's my favourite celestial object? Hmm. Oh, it's a good question. I mean, I do, I do like your your your, your pulsar, quasar, mm, neutron star in general. I like. I, I think a, a rapidly rotating neutron star would probably be my my favorite thing, which is why I'm, you know, why I'm rotating so rapidly. And yes, it's a sort of yeah. cosplay, isn't it? 
Yeah. So I'm going to assert something is true now. You you can happily correct me if I if I turn out to be wrong. It's the old not googling anything rule. Mm. But um, if I remember rightly, some decades ago, there was a regular signal detected in deep space, which was completely baffling to the um, radio astronomers who detected it uh, because it was so regular. Uh, and they ended up calling it LGM for Little Green Man because they thought it must have been broadcast by uh, an extraterrestrial intelligence. Too regular um, to be natural. Exactly. Um, like you. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but, uh, but yes, but they now understand that there's a class of rapidly rotating neutron stars and they go really fast, right? Because you're talking about something like that's star sized and stars are, as we've, as we know, quite big, you know how, um, so stars rotate, right. And then they collapse down into neutron stars, but you know how, um, an ice skater will tuck their arms in and then they rotate more rapidly and they Mm. put their arm, their arms and legs out and they go slower. Like that same thing. It's the conservation of momentum. Like they, when the star shrinks, that rotational, um, energy is kind of speeds up their rotation as they shrink down and they go from extremely big, like more than, you know, like bigger than an elephant to really quite small, like city sized. <laughs> and, um, so they speed up a lot. So there are neutron sorry, stars. Sorry, out Joel, there that... Can I just clarify how large you think an elephant is? It's slightly smaller than a star, right? Right, right. Uh, or, I mean, it, well, it's it's smaller than a star. It is definitely that's it is how big. One hundred percent, you're right. Yeah, it is smaller than the star. It's not one hundred percent smaller than the star. That would be no, no. That would that would mean that would be zero size, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is wrong because elephants are big. They um, are big, although not yes. not quite as big as stars. Um, and so these neutron stars spin extremely fast, and they also, I mean, they bonkers objects, right? Because the actual atoms inside them have been squashed. It's like, ah, oh, we're onto the nature of reality now because atoms are mainly made of nothing, right? Right. Um, like almost all of the stuff there is isn't there. Um, atoms wow. are basically just empty space. There's like a neutron wow. and then the neutron, <laughs> there's a nucleus rather, an electric cloud of electrons a long, long way outside and they are just points. They're not really there in any kind of physical, meaningful way. Um, but that enormous amount of space is actually squashed out of existence. So all the nucleuses are crushed together. So they're incredibly dense. Like the stat I remember, which may or may not be massively wrong, is that a teaspoonful of neutronium, which is the made up word for the stuff neutron stars are made of, Mm. would weigh about the same as Mount Everest. Wow. Um, Wow. But yeah, but there are some that eject hugely powerful beams from their poles, much as I am from the top of my head. And yeah. my nether regions, right? Um, which I are very we're... tightly focused. Hmm. Yeah, and so one spinning slightly off its axis, this beam of high energy radiation will kind of sweep across the sky. And if one is pointing just right, it'll point at us as it sweeps by and blink on and off. And that, the very regular rotation of of the, uh, it's called a pulsar, right? Because you see it pulsing. That explains what the little green man signal was. This one, obviously, you know, they they go from kind of beep 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 to 
to like faster. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're going incredibly fast. Insane to imagine a star spinning that fast, isn't like, it? That, that like, doesn't near... seem like it's possible, right? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's completely bonkers. And the stuff it's made of is essentially impossible to get your head around. Because it's very large and your head's just the size of a normal human head. That's right. And also, if you got too close to it, the gravity would just mash you. You'd be mashed. Would, you be, would your head be forgettified? Because if that's the case, you might be able to forgettify it long enough to get it around the star. I don't know. I'm not aware of whether you'd get... I'm not aware of you getting spaghettified by neutron stars, but I'm no astrophysicist, so I don't know. But So the process of spaghettification around a black hole... Mm. is due to the extreme tidal forces difference because black holes are incredibly small and the gravity is incredibly strong. The difference in the, the gradient of the gravitational forces is very, very intense. So you'd have huge gravity. If you were falling feet first, you could have huge gravity on your, t- on your feet and far less on your head, which would stretch you out. And neutron stars are extremely small and extremely gravitationally powerful, but whether it's enough... To mm. spaghettify you, I don't know. I have no idea. We, um, there's only one way to find out, isn't there? Well, I think I think we should do that. Um, well, that's what, not what a pro- um, Yeah, I was going to say there's only one way to find out, and it's certainly not googling it. No, it's definitely not googling it. I think. I mean, what I'm not sure about is whether it's easier to go and grab a neutron star and chuck you into it, assuming it's you going in. I mean, I'll jump in if you'd rather. No, 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 it's fine. Yeah, okay. Or whether we're better off squashing something until it becomes neutronium. I mean, I can't squash the whole sun because it's hot and I'll burn my hand. (laughs) But I could maybe get something smaller, like, I don't know, like some bricks and just squeeze them really hard. I am quite strong. Bricks are are really hard, though. They'll be quite hard to squeeze. I'll go for something like a... a Jellyfish! A jellyfish. jellyfish. There you go. There yeah. you go. Perfect use for jellyfish. I have to wear gloves so I don't get stinged. Um, we'll, have to, we'll have to scoop them all out from the crypts beneath Westminster Abbey. Yeah, or just get the Queen to come round and bath some up for us. Right, right. Are they yeah. coming out of her mouth? I'm still not clear what I, they're I'm coming not clear. out of. I, I don't think we're supposed to know that, I think. No. I mean, it could be any of the various bits of her that they could be any coming of, out any of. Any of the Queen, the queen holes. Yeah. Or fucking holes. God, God, yeah, nobody really knows what lurks under that uniform, do they? Well, we don't know. Do do monarchs have the same configuration of holes that we do, or do they have extra ones? Special? Do you think you think the jellyfish hole is a specific extra hole rather yeah, than coming specific, out of one sort of, of the pre-existing holes? Could be, could be. I'm only speculating here. No one knows for sure, apart from monarchs and their highest level aides. But they the, could have um, some kind of specific jellyfish spawning vent. That could be maybe possible. this possible. Yeah. I just don't know. Do you think that this is why there's a hereditary monarchy? Because you're born with the ability to bath huge quantities of jellyfish? Or yes, do you think that yeah. they perform some kind of procedure on you which fills you with jellyfish? No, I think it's got to be, it's got to be naturally occurring, doesn't it? That's why it's a hereditary monarchy. Mm, yes, yeah. In fact, you know the, um, the story of, of King Arthur uh, putting yes. the sword from the stone and becoming yes. king of Britain? Um, yes. That's changed quite a lot in translation over the years. And originally it was, right. instead of him pulling a sword from a stone, it was him ejecting millions of jellyfish. Right. I mean, I think this is why 
nobody in the normal population can bath millions of jellyfish at will because they've been brutally exterminated by the reigning families of Europe mm. in order to avoid any pretenders to the throne, right? Yes, yeah. Um, brutally exterminated via the, um, uh, the, the media. The jellyfish tanks. Jellyfish, yeah. Yeah. That's the, the, the kind of the circle of, of, of royal life, right? When the monarch dies or any other jellyfish barfing person, they uh, they're thrown to the jellyfish tanks to become more of the precious jellyfish. That's true. Yeah, that's exactly how it works. The Tower of London used to be just a huge jellyfish tank. Is it the case, as I have read in some academic journals, that there's one very large jellyfish somewhere under the ground, which kind of puppets? Europe's reigning monarchies. Uh, I think that is true. I don't think it's underground. I think it's it's um, orbiting Venus. It's orbiting. Mm. Has it got one very long tentacle that reaches <laughs> down? Yeah, yeah. And prods the, the monarchs into doing its bidding. How many times should you tickle a jellyfish? Is this is this going to be a hilarious joke? I mean, it's a it's an old. Oh joke. no! I, I think I think I have spotted the clever yeah. wordplay here. Yes. Yeah. I, six, I didn't make this times. one up on. Correct. It's six tickles. That's correct. <laughs> it's not a joke. It's just a fact. Right. Um, right. Yes, yeah, a science fact. But um, I mean, that's probably why they need to be so elastic. Because as we're discussing space, this is relevant to the subject as well. Mm. Like Venus's orbit means that it's relative to Earth, means that its distance from Earth is not just a set number, right? It, it varies enormously, and sometimes you have to go right through the centre of the Sun. So, yes, um, yeah, yeah. Does it shame. go through the centre of the Sun, or does it go around? Does it go around? Well, it would have to, unless it retracts its tentacle. Yeah, I suppose it I mean, you can't have that, because... The, 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 the middle, yeah, if you, if you retract its tentacle, then all the um, uh, European monarchs would be free. Able to, and the uh, the world would just descend into total chaos, right? Yeah, without yeah, the definitely. without the guiding hand of our jellyfish the, our leader, jellyfish, yeah, master. Mm. Yeah, I mean, benevolent, ben elephant, ben, ben is the name of the elephant. Yes, do you know that elephant that we talked about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's a very nice elephant, and his name is definitely ben. smaller than the sun. Yeah, his name is Ben Elephant, and he's a very nice person. Um, but yeah, the, the jellyfish is only benevolent in that, you know, its own interests are served by maintaining the existence of the human population of Earth, right? Because mm. we, I don't know exactly what it is we're doing for him that he likes, but it must be something useful or he wouldn't bother. Um, I don't think he's there for our own welfare as such, right? No, no, no. He exists on a on a, a much higher level than us. Um, In the same yeah. way as if you were farming sheep, the sheep might think of you as a benevolent master ruler, but you're mm. still going to kind of have them bolt gunned in the face and and eat them. Ooh. Yeah, it's what you do with all those octopuses, isn't it? Bolt gun them in the face. Actually, you don't bother, do you? You just gulp them down alive. Just slurp them down. 
You have to whack octopuses, don't you? You have to tend to <laughs> whack him, whack him, give him a good whack him, pick him up, yeah. pick him up by the by the legs and swing him around your head a few times, and then give him a good old whack. No, you do. You have to smash him on rocks. What? Is that what? right? Yeah. Why do you have to smash octopuses on rocks, Dave? Oh, because they're they're, they're you you've got to tenderize them, right? Why do I you have I... to tenderize octopuses? My God, you're some kind of octo they, monster. They love it. They love it. <laughs> Look at their wow. happy little faces, smashing, <laughs> smashing repeatedly into the rocks. Well, I'm glad they enjoy it because for a minute there, I I was really concerned about why you're going around whacking octopuses into rocks. <laughs> I mean, I knew you were wrestling them in your ship, but um, mm, in yeah. deep in the bowels of your of your galleon, but um. Didn't realise you were just picking them up by the legs and whacking them into rocks. Yeah, wow. it's a service I provide, right? Because I, I, I just, I really love animals and I want mm. to make them happy. I see, and, and this is, I assume, the best way to make octopuses happy. Right, you used to do that at airfields, right? When they were full of octopuses, I did. Yeah, but, but now you're not really needed there anymore, which is why you've retreated to the the ocean depths. <laughs> that's that's true. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The um the jellyfish with a tentacle extending all the way from Venus to Earth. Yes, it strikes What's me. What's his name? Than, um, Jonathan. Jonathan. Jeremy. Jeremy. Jer- Jeremy, Jeremy Fish. Jeremy. Yes. Hmm. Anyway, sorry, I've interrupted you. Yes, what were you going to say? It, about it strikes me we could instead of building all these really expensive space rockets and things, we hmm. could just sort of climb up his tentacle, couldn't we? But at least get to Venus. Do you not think you'd get stung? Hmm. What if you wore gloves? That'd do it. I think that's um. Isn't that what? Which band was it? Europe that were. Uh, we're going to Venus. Yeah, that's how. It, yeah, that's how they were doing it. I, mean, I I've always had a problem with that song, right? Mm. It really annoys me. I mean, this is just the kind of person I am, unfortunately, and it's too late now. I'm old for me to do anything about my personal failings. But um, they're going to Venus, right? It's clearly stated in the in the song. Yeah. And there's a light. There's a there's a song in it which goes so many light years to go. Uh, like, that's that's it's, troubling, it's not, isn't it? That's quite it's troubling. Not. <laughs> you've overshot Venus by some considerable well, margin. That, what the hell? You're you're in, you've you've gone to Alpha Centauri and you're just at a different hot Earth-like <laughs> planet with a gigantic jellyfish around it, mm. like. I mean, they've really, they've really cocked it up, frankly. That is, yeah, that's a, that's a. I really struggle with that song. It ruins it for me. Right. It genuinely ruins it for me. I see. Have you never noticed that? Have you not listened to the lyrics? No, I never have. No, I never, I never really listened to the lyrics. With a notepad and a calculator to make sure (laughs) their their orbital mechanics are not going to send them off to the wrong star system instead of just Venus. There's just not enough scientific rigor in in um rock in pop music, is there? Rock Power pop. rock ballads. That's not really. I don't know. Anyway, I mean, if it had yeah. been written by Queen, it would have been completely accurate. I'm sure. Well, it would because um, Brian May is one of the jellyfish, right? Is that right? Yes, that's true. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why he's so good at the guitar because he's got all those tentacles. Freddie Mercury, of course, was the jellyfish that orbited Mercury. It was. Yeah. I. Do you know what? I'd never realised that until you just told told me. It's obvious when you think about it, isn't it? Yeah, there's yeah. um, they're, they're they're in the the kind of general entertainment and and comedy world as well. 
Um, I mean, I know that a lot of our English listeners will be familiar with Phil Jupiter's. The, right. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. The big jellyfish, who very large jellyfish, who who orbits Jupiter. Yeah. Yeah. And Johnny Vega. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's got really Vega. long, really yeah. long tentacles. That is light mm. years away. Yeah. Um, and uh, back in the pop world, there's of course Johnny Marr. Oh, there's Johnny Marr. <laughs> him and him and all of his clones, the Johnny Mars. Yeah. 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 I think that's why Mars is called Mars because it's full of Johnny Mars. It's it's, it's full of guitarists. It's, yeah, just absolutely chock full of them. On the surface, it's just a kind of crust. But if you were to dig into it, which none of the rovers have actually done, mm. you'd find it's thousands of miles deep with Johnny Mars. Right. Yeah. This is all true, isn't it? Yeah. Do we need I to assume. explain who any of these people are? Probably nah. not. Nah. nah, nah. Oh my god! <laughs> I've just realised we're we're talking about Queen, Freddie Mercury, mm. yeah, and Brian May. The the um, you know, the, the, there's all these cosmic um jellyfish in in Queen, but of course they named after the Queen because the Queen <gasps> has bathed them up. That's right. Yeah. Of course, it makes so much sense. Yeah, yeah. And that's how you end up with Brian May playing the guitar on top of Buckingham Palace. Because mm. when he's not playing the guitar, he just kind of gets <laughs> back into <laughs> back into the reigning monarch. Would have been the Queen in those days. Nowadays, obviously, it's the King. Yeah. And then he goes, and bath him back up onto the roof to play the guitar. Yeah, they've all got to go back inside the monarch periodically, don't they? Is they that all jellyfish? All jellyfish, yeah. Yeah, they can't survive on their own too long. Is this a pleasant experience for the monarch and the jellyfish, or, or not? Um, uh, I think it could be quite pleasant. Repeatedly absorbing and then expelling jellyfish for your entire life. Do you think they I mean, forcefully ploughed their way in there? Well. Or? Yeah, there's a lot of jellyfish in the world. Must be there's a just hundred. Constant stream of them going in and out. Yeah. Jesus. Oh, God. That's why you never see the monarchs, is it? Apart from these brief outings where they wheel them out. Yeah. And generally, yeah. They're, they're kind of strapped into the tank with a, a kind of constant stream of jellyfish going in one end and out the a, other. A massive jeweled just, funnel attached to one yeah, part of them. Yeah. It's like slurping, squelching, screaming, straining. <laughs> kind of, yeah, all the venom and jelly... I, I mean, people. Wow. People mock the royal family. They get a lot of a lot of um, a lot of hate, but I think they do such a good job. They do a great job of, with the jellyfish. I mean, mm, that is not yeah, a job you want, right? That's exactly what I mean. Like, would you want to spend your entire life strapped into a bejeweled harness with well, a constant stream of millions and millions of jellyfish force their way in, and you and you vomit them back out just constantly? God, yeah, I, think, I mean. I, I, it's not an easy job. It's not, you at know. All, no. No. And I think they deserve the, you know, they get well compensated for it financially. Yeah, they live lives of unimaginable luxury, but I think it's absolutely earned. I do, I do think so. People don't realise what, um, what they have to put up with. Mm. So, what happens with the princes and princesses then? Do they have any jellyfish in or outery, or does it? Well, do they've they wait got until a, they've, they're crowned. Well, 
in the way to their crown, up until that point, they, they have to have all their holes plugged. They're bunged with a, with a literal up, core, yeah, whacked yeah. up there with a mallet. And the moment they are, um, they're crowned. Uh, yeah. This is what happens behind the, the little tent. In the oh, they're Rabbit. unbunged. Someone gets yeah. a pair of pliers and yeah, the Archbishop of Canterbury goes hoicks in. the bung out. Yeah. Which is then hosed off and kept for, <laughs> <laughs> kept for the next one. Hosed off by a, by a, a royal functionary in protective clothing. <laughs> yes, yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah. And what? And the jellyfish just immediately starts swarming up there. Yeah, yeah. Well, they'd scream and barf and vomit out. Yeah, there's a little hatch that leads down to the crypt that's full of jellyfish, and they just immediately start. The beautiful cycle of life that is the 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 jellyfish swarming over and forcing their way into the monarch, while he screams and barfs out a constant jet of. Wow, I mean, what a beautiful thing nature is. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You don't see many documentaries about this, though. Because of, well, no, it's you know, secret, the, the, isn't it? The secrets, you know, yeah. It's, we need to maintain... This is, the, this is how royalty maintains its mystique, right? If you were mm. to see behind the curtain, quite a literal curtain, yeah. um, then obviously they would lose their mystique and uh, people might lose some of the, the kind of deity-like respect that we have for them which which in turn would weaken the um the influence of the uh enormous jellyfish that orbits venus it would it would weaken and, the iron yet strangely gelatinous grip of our mm, jellyfish ruler yeah. yeah and that would be a bad idea because um he's a benevolent ruler we all have to assume you have to assume that nobody knows what life would be like if we hadn't for hundreds of thousands of years being crushed under the heel of the space jellyfish. I don't think they have heels. It's, it was a metaphorical heel. Right. Yeah. What's right. the tent- tentacular equivalent of a heel? Mm. A, a bend, a curl, a, a knobble, <laughs> a, a knot, a wiggle. Yeah. Crushed under his... And you wouldn't really wiggle. be crushed because it's gelatinous, but you may be stung. You could well be stung. Mm. Yes, yeah. Even the slightest touch will sting you. So, I mean, should we be talking about this in a public forum, Joel? Are we in trouble now? Nah, we'll be all right, mate. This has suddenly become, you know, a whistleblower podcast, blowing the lid off the global conspiracy. So what I'm confused about there is how blowing the whistle gets the lid off. Because you would have thought that a lot of the airflow would go into the whistle rather than... If you wanted to blow the lid off, you'd just blow the lid, wouldn't you? Well, it's like like those big whistles on steam trains that have the sort of flap at the top. Oh, it's the flap. Oh, so Mm. the lid is the flap. Yes. So we're not just blowing with the force of our pathetic non-circular system lungs. No, we've got like steam steam power. You've got steam in your lungs. Yes, lots of it, yeah. You're going to end up with painfully steamed lungs if you're not careful. Oh, it's all right, because they're going to be replaced with a length of intestinal hose, aren't they? So I'll be fine. I was only meaning to replace the pot. I think, oh, oh, oh. God. I think, I think you've misunderstood which bits I was going to replace, and now you're going to oh. end up with burst lungs. I've, I've already yunked them out. Oh, man. Oh, no. Yeah. Sorry, dude. Oh, it's all right. We'll get some lungs from. Uh, yeah, I'll get out of the butcher and get some pig lungs. Yeah, I did. Um, 
I did once invent a drink called Lungo, which is just a hundred percent prime lung. Just <laughs> just blended up, you know, into a mm. like a juice. Mm, Lungo. Hundred percent prime lung. Mm, Wait, delicious say, lung. When you say invented mm. like physically invented. Yeah. With a with a blender and some lungs. As you know, I didn't make it. I I I made um I made uh, an advert for it, but I never actually ended up making the product because nobody seemed to be interested in my concept, my Lungo concept. Uh, maybe it's one you've got to try. Yeah, maybe you know. just, you know, sometimes when the world doesn't see a vision, you need to just make the thing, build it and they will come, right? Maybe yeah, we just make, need to make, make Lungo. And then force feed it to thousands of people until they yeah. bloody well like it. I remember... Going into like I I do enjoy going to um, Asian supermarkets because they've got lots of really delicious foods in there that they don't stock in the the slightly more boring uh, English style supermarkets. Mm. But there are some things with slightly baffling labels on them. Like I do um, I do remember finding a freezer with cow manifold in it. Oh, manifold! Yeah, no idea what the cow manifold was, and I didn't. Buy it. I haven't eaten it, but it'd probably make a nice drink. I'm going to assume it's some kind drink to, of to fibrous part of the digestive system. Cow. That's what I think. Cow. Just yeah, a bit of cow. Um, who knows? Cow manifold. Delicious cow manifold. Anyway, there you go. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, I'll make you some lungo. Oh, no, oh, you thanks, don't need yeah. lungo, do you? You need actual lungs. No, I need lungs. That's what I'm missing. Yeah. Why don't we shove some balloons in for now? Right. Um, so you've got something in there. And by balloons, you mean octopuses? He, he, oh, of course, that's what balloons are, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, is there any the, other kind of balloon? Not that I'm aware of. I don't think anything could be a balloon. No, that would be balloonacy. You know, you know pufferfish? Yeah, I know them well. They're good, aren't they? Yeah. I've never really thought about how they work, but I only just realised the other day from watching yeah. something that... Of course they don't inflate with air. That wouldn't no, make any sense. Water, of course obviously. they don't. They just no, they just water. bob up to the surface. Yeah. yeah, I'd always just kind of assume they inflated like balloons, but never given it a single moment's thought. Although if you were a fish blowing up a balloon, you'd fill it with water, right? You would, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how octopuses work. Is that still called inflation, or does inflation have to be with a gas? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Inflation, segue time, is also what people think happened immediately after the Big Bang. Right, right, loads of balloons. Yes, octopuses, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, Cosmoctopus. Quite... Cosmoctopus? The Cosmoctopus, the... Yeah. Did it, so I, what I don't understand is where the jellyfish came from, though. Does anybody no understand? Did the jellyfish condense out of the primordial kind of atomic uh, whatever I, I it think, was. I think there's always been the jellyfish. Oh, they were there before the Big Bang? Yes. What caused fact, the Big Bang is the big question, right? And maybe it was the answer to that is jellyfish. Jellyfish. Yeah, I think so. Was before the there was anything caused by was a jellyfish. jellyfish having its tentacle stretched incredibly far, hmm. light years, and then released and flying back and slapping the jellyfish in his own face? So hard and so loud that it caused the Big Bang. 
Do you know what? I, I, I'm pretty sure I know the answer, actually. Okay. And that it's that um, there's in, a, in an adjacent dimension to ours, um, there is a, uh, a, a king of Universe 2 England who bathed a jellyfish into oh, our dimension. Right. Thereby yeah. causing the existence of our universe. Did that destroy his universe? Is nah. that like a cyclical thing? No, I think you'd just like, you know, if imagine you're being sick onto the floor, mm. yeah, but as the sick travels, arcs gracefully through the air before it impacts on your beautiful carpet, it just disappears. Right. You know That'd when that handy, happens? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's happening there is it's creating a new universe, and um, that's what he did. That's amazing. Science fact. I, I, I didn't know any of this. This is absolutely mm. enlightening. Enlightening. Yes, it's, in, it's enlightening. Yes. Right. Ian Lightning. That'd be a good name, wouldn't it? Ian Lightning. Ian Lightning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Be a good name for an educator. Hello. <laughs> 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 My name's Ian Lightning, and I'm uh, going to tell you about the creation of the cosmos, the cosmoctopus, as we'd like to call it. Yeah, well, I think we've done a good job of explaining space. What do you think we should talk about next time? Oh, that's a really good uh, question, isn't it? Um, yeah. Space is quite a big concept. Should we go smaller for the next one? Yeah, what's smaller than space? An elephant. We could. Uh, do you want to do another animal, though? Cause yeah, we've done, we've done a couple of animals. We've done a couple of animals. Yeah, maybe yeah. we should have a break before we do any more animals. Something yeah. that's smaller than space and isn't an animal. Isn't an animal. Um, yeah. How about the concept of colour? <laughs> the concept of colour. Yeah. Or that just colour. It could just be colour. Colour. Colours. Yeah, colours. Well, colours. Let's do colours. Colours. Yeah, we'll I do colours. I know all of the colours. What, what colours can you name? Red. Yeah. I'm sorry, you've already got it wrong. Right. The, the colours are brown. Right. Uh, that's it. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. Everything is brown. basically a shade of brown. Brown. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of shades of brown, but they're right. all brown. They're all basically brown. There's taupe, there's camel, there's um, light brown. Yeah, that's it. Those are the two. Light brown. <laughs> taupe, taupe, camel, and light brown. Light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those are the those are the available browns. Yeah, we yeah. should save this for for um for the the color episode. Oh yeah, we've we've um, we've leaked not, into the gold. wrong episode. It's brown, but what is gold There's... other than just shiny brown? Golden brown, da, da, la, la, la. shiny brown. Yes. Um. Right. Okay. Well, thank you, Dave, for another enlightening chat. Thank I'm you, much John. wiser now than I was. Ian, enlightening as uh, as you are, are not known. Um, yeah. And I'll see you next time. See you next time, Joel. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.